can't believe that you haven't seen it Love it so much you really gotta stream it Let me tell you every line right now I can quote the whole thing since I was 12 Maybe your mom told you no She said she wouldn't give you any money to go And that's why Movies we missed Hello, I am Jane Blackburn Hammer and I'm here with sexual predator Brandon Greenhouse and you are listening to Movies We Missed. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, <laughs> well, well, we'll work that out in the courts. Anyways, this is our podcast and we make each other watch movies that the other one has not seen. Sometimes they're classic movies, sometimes they're bad movies, sometimes they are movies that we both haven't seen, but either way, someone has not seen the movie. So, Brandon, how are you? Hey, I'm doing I'm doing good. I mean, you obviously you brought up uh what some people believe to be a status that is still working its way through the court system, but my name will be cleared and I will be vindicated. Um, I, uh, for some reason, I don't love, I don't love hearing predator. Um, oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Alleged sexual predator. Is that preferable? Exactly. There's a browbeaten DA mm-hmm. somewhere who's <laughs> looking for evidence and, you know, just really overrun. She's got a stack of cases on her desk and she's pounding <laughs> the coffee and she's got an ex-husband who she's constantly in a tete-a-tete over custody of her child. You know she is. <laughs> I will say... And that just popped into my mind because we were talking about real sexual predator Woody Allen. So that was why I was thinking about sexual predators. I do want to clear Brandon's name. He is not in any way a sexual predator. I haven't spoken to Woody in years, which also <laughs> just separately is like uh, is like legit like a family name for me. <laughs> oh my god, that's true. Yeah, you. you yeah, have it's a, like it's you the a couple Woodies. Got like a couple three? Woodies in your family. <laughs> three. <laughs> I think I was almost a Woody actually. Anyway, were you really? Yeah, and and my cousin, her her son, his middle name is also Woody Woodrow as well. So there's wow. four. Could have been five. Who knows. Wow. Well, much like Army Hammer, um, Woody Allen is obviously dragging your family's name. Army Hammer is dragging my family's name through the mud. Um, so those are things we got to deal with. Yeah. You know, everybody's got everybody's got their journey. And that's a really big part of mine and Jane's. Just <laughs> clearing our names from sexual predators. Anyways, we have gotten very far from the original content of this podcast. Digress. <laughs> we digress and digress. And we are actually here to talk about this week, Twilight. The Twilight. classic movie directed by Catherine Hardwick, based on a book by Stephanie Meyer, starring Kristen Stewart, Robert Pattinson, and a movie, Brandon... Has motherfucking missed. Yeah, I mean, I, not anymore. Thanks to well, Jane, she got me. <laughs> she got me caught up with the youth. I knew it was the only way I could get you to watch it, and I want to know. Correct. I, I want to know. I truly want to know from the bottom of my heart. Why have you avoided this movie so fiercely since um, its debut in two thousand eight? Asking questions we know the answer to. <laughs> I don't like Kristen Stewart. <laughs> and that didn't change over the course of this film. Shocker. 
Um, this is like peak things about her I don't like. So that was fun. And I just, I don't know. I'm, I, I guess I do like teen movies. So, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I mean, I was already a little long in the tooth by the time this one came out. So, of course, I was at college at this point. So, this is this came out the year we met, right? We this, met. Yeah, in yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was out of college. I just moved to Chicago. Yeah, um, November 21st of 2008 was when it. Nope. Am I right? That's right. That That's is right. I moved to how Chicago. Do you- I moved because I remember because I stayed in New Mexico after I graduated for like two months. I moved to Chicago like October 21st or 22nd of 2008. So this movie came out within like a month of me moving there. Crazy. Wow. Wow. I just made that connection, by the way. I, I, I just pulled up the release date and I was like, oh, wow. Sounds like I was um, blessed twice that year. You know. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was sort of my journey with it. It looked really like, it looked very like starkly lit, um, and the people <laughs> looked really pale, mm-hmm. and that's not normally my jam. Uh, so <laughs> I avoided the pale white people, and I avoided. Which I think is good stuff. practice in general. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you really want to be careful. Um, so, yeah, so that's why I think it looked moody. I've never really been a big vampire person. I'm, the older I get, the more I am. But I, I, mm-hmm. at this time in particular, I wasn't really into sci-fi either. So it didn't really have anything going for it that, like, the things that pull me into movies, you know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a romance at the center <laughs> of it. But other than that, there wasn't really anything that would sort of, like, compel me to watch it. And I will say this, though. I don't think that I have been actively avoiding it. I feel like mm-hmm. I wouldn't click on it if I had seen it, but I don't feel like I see it a lot, like, on streaming platforms and stuff. Like, I don't yeah. know if that's because it's still such a big moneymaker, but I, I don't see it a lot as an option of things to watch. But maybe when you're not looking for things, sometimes you just miss them. So maybe that's what it is. But regardless, I, I never got around to seeing this film film but you know i i can no longer say that and i'm happy to have been the one to have forced your hand mm-hmm. um to watch it so i think what we'll do next is i will read a plot summary mm-hmm. of the movie um okay Bella Swan, 17-year-old smarty pants and unassuming hot girl, moves from Phoenix, Arizona, where she was living with her mom and her mom's new husband, to Forks, Washington, to live with her dad, Charlie. Bella causes quite the intrigue when she becomes the new girl in a very small town. The boys? Drooling. Bella? couldn't be bothered. Then she meets the Cullen family. They're a family of extremely pale foster models who keep to themselves and date within their own family. The only single Cullen, young Edward, catches Bella's eye. Although enraptured with Bella, Edwards tries to stay away for vague, unexplained reasons. But when she's almost hit by a car, he saves her by stopping the car with his bare hands from barreling into her. She becomes intrigued and tries to get information on the Cullens. She taps her only friend in town, Jacob, for the 411. Jacob, a member of the Kuliut Native American tribe, tells her of an old legend featuring the Cold Ones, which leads Bella off on her own re- research to discover that Edward is in fact a vampire. Bella confronts Edward and he confirms that he is a vampire and that he is so attracted to her blood that she is like his own personal brand of heroin. This sets off a whirlwind romance. We find out that Edward and his family are what we call vegetarian vampires, which means that they don't feed on humans, only animals. 
She's introduced to the family and they all get along famously. And Edward finds, despite his absolute mind-numbing bloodthirst for Bella, he can control himself and not rip her into pieces and drink her blood. One day during a thunderstorm, Bella is playing baseball with Edward and his family. Suddenly, some unexpected vampire visitors show up. James, Laurent, and Victoria. Carlisle, the patriarch of the Cullen family, politely asks them to leave town and to stop drinking people. They agree, but just as they are about to go, James gets a whiff of Bella, realizes she's human, and wants to taste her sweet insides. The family jumps into action to try to save Bella. They take her away so that James, a skilled tracker, cannot find her. They end up in Phoenix. James calls Bella and demands they meet at an old dance studio where he claims to have kidnapped her mother. Bella shows up and realizes it's all a ruse to get her alone so he can have his just desserts. Luckily, the Collins all show up and there's a big showdown between James and Edward. James ends up breaking Bella's leg and biting Bella's wrists. The bite starts the process of her transforming into a vampire. In order to stop the transformation, Edward has to suck the venom out of Bella's wrists. This is extremely difficult for him since she has that sweet, sweet heroin blood he wants so much, but has to find the will to stop if he wants to save her. Luckily, he finds the strength and saves her life. James is killed and life returns back to normal so Edward and Bella can attend prom. As they dance, Bella reveals to Edward that she wants him to change her into a vampire as soon as they can so they can be together forever. A sound life decision for a 17-year-old. We then pan up to see Victoria, James' former lover and fellow vampire at the prom, watching Edward and Bella. She walks off, shooting us a look that lets us know that she promises to seek revenge for the murder of her one true love in the next chapter of the Twilight Saga. Ooh, what a what a journey. Heavy, heavy, right? What a journey, what a whirlwind, uh, what a ride, you know? What a ride. Um, I'm going to dive right in. What's the first point you want to make? Because I'm so excited. that I made, once again, when we were stuck on the topic of predators, I wrote down, first thing I wrote was uh, Bella's dad looks like a predator who's caught his prey. Um, <laughs> okay. There's a moment in the truck when her dad is giving her the look that feels like the look that the creepy <laughs> dude who takes like the drunk classmate home from like a kegger gives her in the car before he makes his move. He's like driving, <laughs> and then it's oh and this is the look God. that he gives her a couple times. He goes like this. This is great that you're giving a visual for a podcast. Everybody cause... knows. You know, you guys know from that description I gave. You know that, dude. <laughs> you um, know. <laughs> it, it's a very, it's very sketchy and it's weird. And it's like, do you have something like planned? Do you have something up your sleeve, sir? Wow. Uh, so it, it was weird and it sort of set the tone um, mm. for a weird relationship to develop between those two. Um, when did you notice this? Was it when she was arriving in Forks for the first it time? It was in the scene when he was in, when he had her in the car with him and they were pulling in into the driveway for the massive house that he lives in by himself. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, this This makes no sense. Like, you're. Well, I mean, he lives in the middle of nowhere. And so yeah, I'm that's sure true. property it's is just cheap. A huge home. I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah, okay. I mean, and also we're, we're buying the fact that obviously this is like Bella's childhood home as well. So all it really mm-hmm. speaks to at the t- at a time, there was a family that lived here and maybe plans to grow it, you know, and mm-hmm. Bella's mother left. So those are some of the the first things I noticed. We have Bella also is carrying a cactus, I will say, just so we 
can hammer home the point that she's from Phoenix. <laughs> I did notice, like, why is she, like, weirdly why? clutching a cactus as, like, a security blanket? Such oh. a weird choice. <laughs> we all, I mean, we all love it when, like, you know, things are really, like, hammered home. Like, they want to make it clear to us that that's where she's from and that's a location that she has really deep roots and close ties. <laughs> Even though, like, it's like the least important thing about her that she's from Phoenix. Like, yeah, they, they don't know what they don't know what to do with that piece of information. They don't know if it's something that we should like expound upon or if it's something we should back off of. So it lives in this sort of weird middle area. Um, yeah, I agree with you. They're like, here, clutch this cactus and really give us like sad vibes. Yeah, hold on to this for dear life, or yeah. just be you, Kristen. Um, and we think the sad and mopey will take care of itself. Um, wow, shots fired. Um, and then um, uh, I also I, I did notice our dream boy Taylor Lautner um, <laughs> had a fresh wig. Oh my god! <laughs> I like have been waiting to talk to you about this wig. Please go ahead. Yes, they're giving him like length. He's like giving me like Beyonce, a la like Sasha Fierce. It's very full. It's lush. <laughs> it's full. It's long. It's thick. And it is not his. And the thing is that, like, I don't know if in the books he's supposed to have long hair and they were, like, trying to be, like, true to the books or whatever. But it it does feel like an unnecessary add-on that is, like, distracting. Yeah, because it's really long. Like, they, <laughs> like, if they had given him maybe, like, shoulder length, then it would have been like, oh, okay, I get a little bit, you know, like, that's pretty, but it's or like honestly even put it in a ponytail like the fact that it's just like flowing over his shoulders I don't know I feel obviously not to stereotype but I feel like Native Americans are known for having really dark luscious beautiful locks mm-hmm. um, as well as beautiful um, skin um, mm-hmm. but so it's like they were very much trying to I think fill that sort of that romantic teen girl fantasy of like you know like a hottie from the rest reservation nearby totally. like, they were giving us that i think and he he hangs out with like a little crew and the other mm-hmm. dudes their hair looked real it and was I, real yeah, yeah their hair was oh real, you mean so like their long hair looked real or you mean yes, like ever their long yeah. hair looked like their hair yeah. so them with him it like made later on it makes it even more apparent that his is not <laughs> um is that is his like mop sits atop his head um so that was a so little distracting weird. also um, like so so when I was like looking up um, just like trivia about this movie, <laughs> one of the things listed was like Taylor Lautner as Jacob wears a wig, and it's like, Duh. Yeah, no <laughs> like, one was confused. <laughs> no one was you know. like in other news. Water is wet. Like, come on, <laughs> it was it. so yeah. ridiculous. It looks like he may be wearing more than one, actually. Um, <laughs> Jane, ha- have you actually read the books before? Oh God! So yes, I've actually read all of the books. Mm. <laughs> okay. So it's embarrassing, but like I and you were like probably like a little kid though, right? So it's not that embarrassing. Brandon, <laughs> as we've already discussed, this movie came out the year that you moved to Chicago in two thousand. It was the year you graduated college. And since I am slightly older than you, I was already living in this fine city and working as an adult person. Oh, so you were an adult. Okay. (laughs) I was like, okay. I was like, I'm not reading these books. And my sister and I 
she always gives me these like horrible YA books to read. And she's like, you have to read this. Like it's so bad, but it's so good. And so this was like one of those things. Yes. And by the way, she is absolutely my older sister. (laughs) Not here to defend herself. Not here to defend herself. But Jane, weave your tail. Continue. (laughs) No, it's just so true. And she like, I remember she was like, you got to read these books. They're some of the worst written things that I've ever read. And I was like, sign me up, I guess. Or actually, I was really resistant at first. And then I bought it at an airport. And then I read the whole thing on a plane. And I was like, okay, this is really bad, but I want to find out what happens. So I read all the books. (sighs) This is a safe space. Brandon, you and I both know that this, between you and me, this is not a safe space for either of us. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) So as we were discussing, we discussed Tay-Tay's hair. And Mm -hmm. then also I noted a, a weird scrap between... Billy, Taylor's father, who is um, wheelchair-bound in the movie, and Bella's father, they have, like, a weird moment. The actor who's playing Bella's father doesn't... He couldn't be less invested. Um, He is just trying to, like, get this done in a take so he can move on with his day. There's probably, I'm sure, like, Schlotsky's did the, the catering that day, so I'm sure he had it, like... Uh, BLT fantasy on a table he was waiting to get to. Um, I, I wrote this down too because so when Bella first meets or is reunited with Billy Black and Jacob Black they like clearly they want Bella and Jacob to have a moment alone so like Billy who is wheelchair bound and Bella's father get in this like fake fight thing and they're like fake punching each other or whatever and it's so insane because A they're grown men I've never seen and maybe I'm wrong Maybe I'm wrong, but I've never seen a pair of grown men have like a fake like fight like that. Maybe and then maybe it like a maybe like drinks like people having drinks at like you know like a cookout or something in the backyard. Like there may be like a, a playful moment during like a game of touch football. I, I don't know how men interact. Um, <laughs> I don't either. And this felt even more confusing because I don't know how men interact with each other. <laughs> yeah, so maybe there's plenty of like bros listening to this right now, like no dude we're always play scrapping (laughs) yeah let us know if that's something you and your your boys do all the time because i'm sure a our huge audience will probably have a ton of bros listening in i was actually planning on saving that for our yo bro section (laughs) um but you know we'll fit it in now i'll go ahead yo bros um if any of you do play scrap or tussle with your friends little grab ass then let us know because you know we're we're inquiring minds would like to know and we would too and we're super confused about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the other thing that I noted was that it's the middle of March. I feel like her, Bella's mother is clearly a mess. Um, oh, my God. They really try to drive it home that Bella's mother is like a disaster. <laughs> well, she's gone on this. First of all, in the beginning, they said road trip with her, her husband. And then later on, it was like, it seems now like maybe he's a minor league baseball player who's trying to get signed by a team so he's they're driving around to to do different um uh tryouts maybe like that's a part of what's going on maybe i have no idea what i do when i watch this movie is i don't think about those people (laughs) 
Yeah, no. <laughs> because for they're sure. so confusing but to it's me. But so, it's so messy. And the only reason I thought about it is because the beginning, she says, like, they're going on a road trip, which is why I have to move to live with my father. And I just thought, what, like, a logistical nightmare for you. It is yeah. the middle of March, the end of the school year. Your messy mm-hmm. mom couldn't have sent him out on the road for himself for, like, a month or two while you finish up school and then maybe send you with your dad so you have, like, a summer adjustment period before starting school. Like, it I know. It's just like, bad parenting. It's just bad parenting and bad writing. So, <laughs> you know, way to go, Steph. But, yeah. Yeah, that was something that I noticed and I was trying to make sense of. I was like, I don't understand why she had to leave at this particular point. This is a very, like, tricky... Because, okay, so she's a senior. Is that right, Jane? No, I think this is her the end of her junior year, okay, possibly. Okay. Yeah, so it just it's just odd all around, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, go off, Mom. Um, <laughs> like, whatever, uh, whatever we, whatever lies or truths we need to tell our, ourselves in order to get Bella in Forks, Washington to meet yeah, these right. people, I guess. I also wrote down, there don't appear to be any popular people at this school. Um, <laughs> well... <which> was, <laughs> Or you don't like the popular people. Who are they? <laughs> okay, so I actually like I have I have a note about this too because it's not the fact that they're that everyone is so fucking cheesy in this movie that you can't imagine that they're the popular kids. But I think the kids that Bella is like that like for some inexplicable reason really want to be friends with Bella even though she's so standoffish like Mike and Jessica and whatever and those people I think those are the popular kids their desire to be friends with her is shocking (laughs) it is so because here's the thing if you're a popular kid you may peep her and think like oh yeah i did use the word peep yeah i'm realizing how old i am as i'm speaking right now whatever we're all just trying to get through this life how dare you for judging me you warriors um good 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 job getting out ahead of that thank you thank you i really do like to bury the lead whenever i can um so yeah i was like First of all, I assumed that they were just like regular, like middle of the road kids. Because at first I thought everything that they were saying, I thought they were saying ironically. And I, so I thought that they were, I actually low key thought they were taunting her. And then I was like, oh, this is them being genuine. Um, I kept waiting on the other shoe to drop. And then I realized that there wasn't any irony to be found. It no, there's not. And because it's earnestly. like. Right. And because (laughs) the script is so crappy and they write teenagers like I've never heard a teenager speak before, there's no way to deliver those lines without like six layers of irony. But yeah, Yeah. I guess I feel like what we're what you're not seeing, what you're looking for, but you're not seeing maybe nuance. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, it is they they instantly befriend her and they're genuinely befriending her. Um which like does not happen. Try. No, it doesn't because at least you're you at least are casing her out. But I will right. also note that Bella got a really shitty truck gift, gifted to her by Billy, <laughs> Billy and Jacob when they came over. So she drives that to school, she pulls in one of the kids who we later find out is Tyler, who's just in the movie the black guy just causing like trouble. <laughs> Um, it's fucking racist, Stephanie. I see you. Um, but when she pulls in, the first thing he says is, like, cool wheels. And 
I was like, oh, that's that's a dick thing to say. And then yeah, I was like, I I thought it was maybe genuine. I don't know. I can't tell. No, I think he. I think he was joking. I think he okay, was so like that was a part joke. of it. Okay. Well, yeah, maybe I'm cool. wrong, but I don't think they know. <laughs> the thing the is, the Brandon, is that I don't think the director or the actor knew, that's, and so yeah, here we are questioning about it, like. <laughs> You're correct. Nobody knows what's going on. Everybody's just trying to get through day 13 of filming. Um, so, so yeah, that happens. She walks onto school soil and Eric approaches her and says, hey, you're Bella Swan, the new girl. And it's like, I haven't even gone to the principal's office to get my class assignment yet, sir. How do you know my last fucking Like. How I understand that it's a small town and maybe there's buzz that there's a new person coming, but I actually don't think, I, and maybe I'm wrong. I've never lived in a small town, but I don't actually think like that Flying shit happens. Again. <laughs> I'm not We got a city girl on our hands. <laughs> I just mean that I've gone to larger schools, so like, yeah. if there's a new person, you don't know it. And like, no. even with a small school, maybe you know there's a new person, but you don't know their full name. You just like spot someone like that's a person that I haven't known since kindergarten. This whole thing could have been tightened up if they had just had a scene where Bella was going into or leaving the principal's office and Eric happened to be in there. Like right. and overhear her say, oh, I'm Bella Swan. I actually just relocated here. And then as she's exiting, have him stop her to be like, hey, you know, I overheard you earlier. You're new to the school. Uh, you know, like anything like that could have helped, but I know we, I can only imagine that, like, you know, script integrity, storyline, <laughs> these things all probably, you know, were pushed to the wayside. I'm sure there were deadlines and things that had to be done. So they were like, fuck it, get Eric in here. We're shooting the scene. We'll make sense of this later. So that, uh, we also mm-hmm. then, soon after this, we meet quote unquote pretty boy. Mike Newton. I wrote down, <laughs> Mike Newton is 30 if he's a day. Oh my God, so old. <laughs> that's, a, that's a grown man. That's a um, full grown man. That's a, I would yeah. I would venture to say that the only person who's age appropriate for this school is maybe Bella. I yeah, think Kristen's well, Anna Kendrick. Too. Okay, Anna Kendrick. Okay, yeah, I'll believe that too. All the dudes look way too old. I always forget Anna Kendrick is in this movie. Yeah, no, she's here, all right, in a big way. <laughs> um, and so I love, I love Anna Kendrick, by the way. I, oh my god, I, me too. I actually think she's one do. of the best I, parts of this movie. Like, she's yeah. the only person who can like deliver a line and make it like actually funny. Yeah, and I think she was cast really well. So I think like you know, she fits that part so well. I also wrote down. I don't understand any of these students' points of view. Mm-hmm. They don't seem to know what they are playing. It because no one's a real person. Everybody's well. an idea of a person, and mm-hmm. we don't really invest in these characters um, from a script standpoint. So I think everybody's just trying to get through it. Well, also, one of the things that I've noticed, too, is that, like, all of the boys are, like, in love with Bella instantly. Instantly. <laughs> Which is, like... I understand there being a new person in school and you're intrigued by them or you think they're hot or whatever, but they all lay their cards out on the table so quickly, which is not something teenagers do. There's like a guy who like runs up and like kisses her in the cafeteria and it's like, like why? (laughs) Okay. So first of all, I'm not going to be a liberal snowflake, but I will say that 
Bella is assaulted three times in the in the next 15 minutes of this movie. Um, so she sits down at the table. Mike Newton approaches her. He's hovering around her. Eric was the first one to sort of like try and stake his claim on her. And then mm-hmm. we've got Mike Newton, grown man, pretending to be a student, probably there on some sort of undercover police work. Um, <laughs> He's the 21 Jump Street. Very, more like 35 <laughs> Jump Street. But yeah, here in the mix. And then we have Tyler. Once again, they've made the black young man the one who kisses Bella without her consent. I know. Is he um, the only he's the only black person in this entire movie, right? Yeah. I mean I Oh no wait, was, Laurent later. Laurent, one of the vampires is black. I mean, yeah, Laurent. I mean the black people represent chaos. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and lack sexual of assault. And danger. <laughs> We're oversexed heathens. Um and we'll do anything to get our hands on that white skin. Um, so this that's is what, not looking good for you, Hollywood. It, it's not Hollywood. We see you. Um, so that moment happens. He kisses her. I just thought, oh my god, I'd be horrified if a random person ran up to me and kissed me and like ran off. Like how fucking stupid. Also, this mm-hmm. isn't junior high school. This is high school. Like you know better. People don't do that. <laughs> no, people don't run up to people and just kiss them on the cheek. Especially it's her first day at the school. She doesn't know anybody. Exactly. Um, right after this, Anna Kendrick just set the tone says you're the shiny new toy and i thought that was so gross (laughs) so gross and also like a little bitchy but in a funny way yeah so all that happens we've got bella she's been invited to sit with these with these cool kids allegedly cool kids and then shortly after this we see i mean it's a gap added motion we've got (laughs) the cullens coming through the door Alice's hair is an abomination. Um, oh my god, I'm so right glad out of 2008. Like it's so bad. I don't even understand what's happening. For the people who have not seen this movie, it's like she's got these like very choppy bangs and then like her hair is like short, but it's so flippy outy that like it looks like she got into a fight with like a round brush and a hairdryer. It is so fucking weird. Yeah, it's a lot that she's these these people make up like the Collins who there seems to be this sort of lore surrounding. They are like everybody's white as hell, but they're like white white. They're, they're like very, so pale. Very pale. They're also all wearing white as well to bring that point home. Exactly. Um, Don't think it's lost on me that the more white, the, like the most beautiful people in this school, quote unquote, are the whitest people in this school. Yeah. That no, is sure. a problem, Stephanie. Yeah. You know what you're doing, Steph, Steph. Jessica, who, that's Anna Kendrick's character's name, Jessica sort of is explaining to Bella in this moment, these are the popular... You know, not that these are popular kids. I'm sorry. These are the Cullens. It doesn't, what she's explaining doesn't lead me to believe that they're the popular kids. It believes me to be that they're sort of infamous more than like popular, like very well known. I think like, I I don't know if it's like they're saying that they're popular, but I think they're definitely the most mysterious. And like, definitely people don't like them because they think they're too good for everybody else at the school or they want to get to know them because they're so mysterious. But like popularity doesn't really come into it. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't strike me as popular, but it struck me as like they're sort of they're moving on their own sort of like plane. Like they've got their own sort of thing going on, which on a on a way probably would be like the art kids. You know, like they have their own thing going on. They come in, they're also like all kind of coupled up. There's two couples. There's like Kellen Lutz and 
and Rosa and Rosalie, the, these two who are a couple. And although we mentioned that they're all kids and they all like live together at this house and they have a dad. It's um, so weird. I have a note about this too. It's like they're all fo- they're all foster siblings, and in several times in the movie, they refer to each other as being siblings. But like, what do the couples call each other? So we have Alice, and we have I think she is with Jasper and like does she call Jasper her brother or does she call Jasper her boyfriend or does she call Jasper her brother that she fucks (laughs) well because I know she calls Edward her brother so like why it's so it's all so weird and I don't think we've thought this through enough and I'm uncomfortable (laughs) no and also Jessica and Kendra's character, she says, like, yeah, you know, but there's some weird, like, incest thing going on. And then the other friend who's there says, oh, but they're not all, like, related biologically. So they want to make it clear to you that, like, they're not trying to throw incest into the mix. But, like, it's like mm-hmm. they live together. They're foster siblings, if anything. They've all been fostered by this Dr. Uh, Carlisle Cullen. And they live with him together in his home. So that's, like, so they're a family, but also it's, like, pretty fast and loose what's going on there. A lot of people would cringe. <laughs> at the idea of fucking their foster siblings too so yeah it's not it doesn't make it better but it's like i guess as a th- as a theater goer you're supposed to be like oh okay it's not as gross so <laughs> so they all come in then you know we get we get our leading man sort of slipping in in the back the only one of this group of five who's not wearing white we have our first glimpse of the Robert Pattinson, America's uh, newest uh, Batman. He comes through the door and he is attractive, um, I guess. Uh, (laughs) So let me ask you this. You are not gagging over the Cullens. You are not... Like uh, attracted to the Collins as, no, as a, I know that they imagine white people to think of as like beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, like I know that in concocting this and putting this together, I know that they are supposed to be representatives. They're they're young, they're white, they're thin, they're very mm-hmm. pale. So I know that they are they are like the <laughs> fantasy, and I have no like in my mind. It's not like I'm confused. Like I know that this is what they imagine white people to think of as like the. <laughs> peak beauty yeah i mean you get it but it's also like they're actually very strange looking like yeah they're really that's more what i pick up from they oh well obviously i mean (laughs) intended they all look dead like they have that sort of look about them and i i mean that's not by accident and like i don't think dead people are hot yeah me neither anymore not since i you know I did that free week of um, of therapy that got me squared away. (laughs) Thank God. I mean, Teladoc, you know. But (laughs) anyway, not sponsoring us yet, though, Uh, (laughs) boo-boo. Probably not ever after that. (laughs) Probably not ever after what I said, but, you know, I said what I said. Um, So this whole thing happens. We see the moment that, you know, the girls also are telling Bella. They're explaining who, who everybody is, and then they say, like, he's hot. They tell us he's hot. Also, to jump in, like, Robert Pattinson is a good-looking guy in his own right, for sure, but he's so weird-looking in this movie. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> Rob, so Robert Pattinson sits down, and Jessica sort of says to Bella, like, he's unattainable, and, like, don't even try, basically, which, like, leads you to believe that she's been trying unsuccessfully, because <laughs> she's like, don't even try, girl. And so Bella's like, oh, okay. I think Bella's just trying to take in what's going on. And so we see the moment, though, that Robert Pattinson notices Bella, and they have this sort of, like, eye contact moment, 
And then, okay, the next thing I wrote down was the gust of wind when Bella enters the classroom, <laughs> um, which I met is a science class, I guess. She enters the room. There's a fan uh-huh. going, granted. Of course. But, but the wind is a mighty one. Shout out Christopher Guest. <laughs> and it is like, it sweeps her hair. And then the camera pans around to Robert Pattinson. I wrote down, this is chemistry, I guess. This is like the moment that they see each other. And like, oh my God, I didn't even put together, I think they're in chemistry class. And yeah. there's like, Oh my god, I'm so stupid. <laughs> these are these are skilled directors. These are proficient writers and they know what story they're telling. So these two, they have their moment. Uh, Bella sits down and I wrote down that Edward's on the verge of upchucking. <laughs> he looks so him. pained. He looks like, yeah, he looks like he's really pained and he's literally like, he's trying to be sort of standoffish, but then she, there's a scene where she's staring at the teacher and he turns to her and he's full on both eyeballs staring at her. And it's not even like subtle, like her dad was kind of creepy earlier, I said, with the eyes, <laughs> but you know, but he's like full on like... <laughs> <laughs> so you got the vibe that everybody in this movie, including her father, wants to fuck her. Everybody wants to bone belly, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I you know the funny thing about this too is I think this is like <laughs> maybe this is a judgment. And it probably is, but what the else am I here for? Um <laughs> the writer is like wasn't like super cool in high school and like wanted to create a fantasy where everyone was like in love with this kind of plain girl with no personality. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. Somehow, like, blew up into this whole movie franchise where it's like, what? Everybody's in love with me? That's so crazy. Like, (laughs) she's like loving it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I wrote down, okay, so we meet a black person, a black female, the, the only black female in the movie. At Who? The diner. She's the waitress, Cora. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, um, I think Cora is actually one of the best actors in the film. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I wrote down that the waitress either needs a bigger part or a smaller part. I felt mm-hmm. like she brought, like, a level of investment to this that I felt like it wasn't warranted. That's what I always think about people who are not very skilled storytellers or writers Mm -hmm. is that like they only write characters to serve their main character and so their investment in that main character or you know the few main characters life is so great without any explanation and you're like why is this like you know tertiary character so obsessed with this one person's life like do they not have anything of their own yeah (laughs) it's just like it makes absolutely no sense and also she's like First of all, this woman is not that old. This woman no. maybe in her like early 30s. And she's mm-hmm. like, okay, I brought you out the exact same thing you used to eat when you used to come to town. We mentioned earlier that Bella hasn't been to town in nearly 15 years. So it's like, you've been a Is that true? When they see Jacob and Billy, he mentioned she hasn't been here since she was four. Um, oh that's what her God. dad says. And then we have this diner scene where this woman says, just like you used to like it, I remembered what you used to order as a four-year-old <laughs> child. And you think, how old were you when she was four? Because you're like 32, but you remember exactly what she used to order. And like you've been holding <laughs> on to that knowledge for the last 15 years in preparation of Bella's arrival back in this town. So I'd love to get a little peek of that backstory. <laughs> 
<laughs> they're just again it's just throwing out information without doing <laughs> any due diligence as to whether it checks lot. out or not it's yeah, so they annoying just, they made this woman super invested in bella and her dad's lives inexplicably <laughs> and they like barely pay attention to her it's like what yeah. are you getting from this <laughs> yeah what yeah are you like a masochist like what what thrill is this giving you so that <laughs> happens and that was fun for me i wrote down a, a few quotes from this movie real gems bella says i prepared to confront him and to demand to know what was his problem and then who's she talking down, about she's talking oh. about edward okay she says, because edward's missed school for the past week he stormed out he tried to get <laughs> dropped that class they wouldn't let him and then she right. says he's been gone for a week and then she says i prepared to confront him and demand to know what his problem was and i thought like First, who the hell are you? Like, you don't know him. And to assume that it had anything to do with you, because I definitely wouldn't be taking that on from a person, even if they were being super weird next to me. No. I probably would have chalked up his behavior to, like, maybe, like, a bowel situation that he needed to get out of that classroom to go take care of. Because he looked a little constipated. He did. He looked like he was either holding something in or pushing something out. Exactly. Or maybe a little bit of both. We all know that game, too. Um... So I was like, what? Like, what are you talking? Like, why are you assuming? I get I get maybe thinking like, huh, I wonder if that had anything to do with me. But not only like being like, this has to do with me, but like, I know it and I feel it so strongly that I'm going to confront this person who I don't know. And I sat next to in a chemistry class for 45 minutes. But I'm going to walk up to him on the day two, the second time I see him. And I'm going to say, how dare you? Um, so that was really funny to me. I also just, there's a scene where when we first meet the three bad vampires, um, where they're like chasing this construction worker. And oh my God. They end up devouring him. Um, but I wrote, all I wrote down was construction's murder. And I think I thought that was really funny. Um, I wrote James's gay bait because he's like in these like <laughs> hip hugging uh, diesel jeans and fully shirtless. And I'm like, I know that those 15-year-old gays, like, were, like, with their, like, sister, like, do you want to go see Twilight? Yes. Yes, they were. <laughs> like, correct. any excuse to go um, see that, the gay-baiting vampire. With his, like, weave ponytail. And <laughs> Speaking of wigs, that James's wig is another horrible wig. I mean, the thing is, is that, like, <clears throat> there are shows that do wigs really, really well, mm-hmm. and movies that do wigs really, really well, and maybe just, like, the technology has gotten better since 2008, but... I wrote down, on early later on in my notes, I wrote down, they stretched the wig budget too thin. I think, they, <laughs> I think they needed too many. That's true. And it got away from them. I know? agree. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> well, apparently, some trivia. Apparently, Kristen Stewart is also wearing um, some hair pieces, not necessarily yeah. a wig. Did you? Would you? Jane is a really big hair and makeup girl. Um, mm-hmm. Would you be able to clock that, Jane? If you didn't know that from trivia, I didn't know hers were really good. Although, like now that I look back on it, there's like a fullness to her hair that I don't think is always super natural looking. It's just like very few people naturally have that kind of full hair. So I. Think think like now that I know I can kind of see it but I wouldn't have clocked it originally and then regarding Bella and these boys when she comes into the classroom Mike comes in it's a rainy day he takes his hat and he shakes it over her head it's got it's got rain on it and oh my god he takes his hat and he literally puts it over her head and starts shaking it in order to 
drench her in rainwater from outside? The I disrespect. I don't understand. When would that be cute? When would that be funny? You And also, this is a girl you want to go to prom with you. And he does that. And he says, oh, how do you like that, Phoenix? And I just thought, like, what? In what world am I not throwing hands if somebody comes in with a rain hat? <laughs> And shakes it over my fucking head. Exactly. And you don't know what my hair journey has been like. You don't know how long I spent with the blow dryer, the curling iron, whatever. Like the fact that you would add water to this and risk like frizzing up what I've worked on is upsetting. It's really disrespectful. It's selfish. Um, Yeah, it's rude. Um, I wrote down, I guess Bella's friends with these kids now. Yeah, I mean, they're, they like really like envelop her into their friend group where she's like really doesn't want to be. It's so weird. It's a tinge of desperation. There's like a, like a little bit. It's a, just a little bit, but it's a little bit of like, hey, Bella. Hey, Bella. <laughs> like, calm down. Like, Maybe why are you so obsessed with her? Well, also, can I get, can I get my bearings? Can I sort of like move around the school a little bit and figure out who's who? My goodness. So, <laughs> like figure out who I want to be friends with. But they like, yeah. they wanted to take her into their group instantly really really quickly um and then also there's a moment where they're in the cafeteria and edward apologizes for like being a dick earlier and like it's just Mm -hmm. like and it also i was like is this like an allegory for just like abusive men oh my god i wrote that i was like edward is the original gaslighter yeah because well it it was in reference to the fact when like edward saves her from the car right and then he like you know, you see him move really fast and like stop the car with his hand and then they're at the hospital later and Bella goes up to him and she's like, Edward, like what was that? Like you definitely were so far away from me and then all of a sudden you like saved me. I don't remember what the line was. And he was like, I was standing right next to you. And I was like, you fucking dick like Edward is such a like he's a gaslighter and I understand he's like trying to save her from knowing that he's a vampire or whatever but it's like the jig is up baby she saw you stop a car with your bare hands oh yeah no absolutely you're 100% right which is and I I did want to note that Edward is definitely wearing lipstick in the hospital scenes well, I think he may be wearing lipstick more than just in the high school scene. I that think was... he had Kylie Jenner's lip plump on at one point. That lip venom that she was selling. It's, it's just Cobra. It's venom from Cobras that has been diluted with water. And then you can just sort of shellac it on your lips and it'll give you that plump fantasy. Wow. Wow. I hadn't heard of that. You're clearly very up on the cosmetics world. Um, so that whole thing was really funny to me. And then Jane pointed out the van sequence where Bella's in the Bella's at her car. And once again, we have Black Tyler driving a van <laughs> with reckless fucking abandon into the school parking lot, like with a fury. But I like am, I'm shocked. First of all. Again, well done, Hollywood. Take your only black character and make him a an actual monster. Unhinged, Unhinged deranged. And have him run, almost kill the lily white heroine of your story. Um, we see you, Tinseltown. We see you. <laughs> we see you. And also, the thing that is like so confusing about this is like, how did we get here? How did he start? How did he lose control of his car? Like, what happened there? Well, also, it's the it seems to be the end of the school day. So I was like, why are you racing back to school, post-school? And then he, all he says is, I'm so sorry. I panicked. Panicked? 
need to know. I didn't get enough explanation, baby boy. Why did you panic? Like, Why are you almost killing people? Was there like a wild animal in your car? Like what yeah. happened? That would have been better if the car almost ran into her and then a bald eagle flew out of like the passenger <laughs> side window. If he had been like, I'm sorry, I panicked, eagle. Then it would have been like, okay. He's saving an endangered species. He's doing what he has to do. So anyway, um, <laughs> no, I'm just fucking with you. Um, so that happens. The whole van thing happens. She almost gets hit by Reckless Tyler. And then um, she's, that's a good rap name, Reckless Tyler. Um, so then, and then she gets, her life gets saved by, by Edward. And then he disappears after he saves her life. He stops the car with his, with his hand. And then she's, of course, she's in the infirmary at school. Her dad comes in and he says. She's not the, in the infirmary at school. She's at the hospital in the city. That's not. Oh, the she's at the infirmary. city hospital. I'm sorry. I thought it was like the school nurse. I'm a fancy ass like. Also, because why would there be an infirmary at a high school? <laughs> I it's don't not, know. It's not it's a not prison. Like, like I don't it's know like why they like World War Two. <laughs> Okay, so my bad. Um, (laughs) Also, Dr. Cullen is there, Carlisle Cullen. Yeah, Carlisle Cullen. He's a doctor in the hospital. Um, Edward's daddy. Edward's daddy. (laughs) That's Um, my daddy. That's my daddy. Yeah, (laughs) Carlisle Cullen. Um, So. At the hospital, uh, Bella's dad shows up. Tyler's there being treated, and he's like, I'm so sorry when when uh, Bella's dad shows up. And then Bella's dad says, you can kiss your license goodbye. And I wrote down, I don't think you have the authority to make a call like <laughs> he, that, sir. I mean, he does. He's chief of police. But you can't just, you can't just like take away. There's like channels that have to be gone through. <laughs> you can't just walk into a room and be like, your license you- is gone. <laughs> like, what's he drunk or something? Like, otherwise, I mean, people have accidents all the time where they skit on the road. Like, oh, that's a really good point. I don't know. <laughs> but he is the black guy in town, so I was gonna say he is the chief of police, and he is talking to the sole black kid in town. What if he, had, what if he said, "I got news for you, homeboy." <laughs> You can, kiss your, you can kiss your license goodbye and that uh, basketball scholarship as well. Oh, <laughs> that would have been God. really racist. Yeah, that would have that would have stepped it up a notch for sure. Or if he was like, ficka, ficka, ficka. Maybe you understand this. <laughs> what is this? That would have been really inappropriate. Um, oh my God. Wake up, America. So, so that happens. And I thought that was funny. And then I wrote down that Peter, I believe it's Fascinelli. Peter Fascinelli, who plays. I think it's uh, Fascinelli. Fascinelli. Uh, Peter, who plays uh, Dr. Carla Colin, who's um, Edward's daddy. He has the, his makeup is the, like the whitest to me. Yeah. I feel like it was jarring. Like they bleached his hair blonde. He's normally an actor who's, who's like brown, brown hair. Who's dark hair. He's, I do not know why they bleach. I know that the character in the book has bleach blonde hair, but like, can you not do that? Cause it looks bad on him. Yeah, and it, it looks look like good. bleach blonde hair. It doesn't look natural. People have bleach blonde hair. It's a thing, but there's something about like this, like dad, who's a doctor in a small town with like a head of bleach blonde hair who's also like as white as the driven snow right um, because because it's, it's supposed it's supposed to be natural his hair color yeah and that that was not achieved um, no that was a that was the part of the hairstylists <laughs> but yeah so that was interesting to me so 
Uh, so this all happens. We we have a scene where they go on a field trip. They're on like the school field trip, and, and all he's showing them is composting, which I was thinking like you could have done this at the school. Like you just set up a <laughs> field trip to get them off school grounds to show them like poop water that's used to like nur- <laughs> nur- nourish plants. What? Also, like composting is like a fairly common thing. Yeah, I no, felt like you're it not, wasn't like, like presenting any like lofty ideas to these students. As a parent, <laughs> I'd have questions. Um, <laughs> I so, imagine you would, Brandon. How dare you? <laughs> So, yeah, and once again, we have Edward chasing down Bella to be like, I don't think we should be friends. It's like, I love that. Following me around. I wrote that quote down. Bella, we shouldn't be friends. Okay. First of all, you're like seeking me out to say this. He stays in her face. It's like, boo, I am not interested in this. Come on. Well, I mean, she is. But, like, I just think it's rude to say, like, we shouldn't be friends to somebody. Just, like, keep keep away. Yeah, just show me. (laughs) Yeah. So this whole thing happens between them. Then they're getting ready to leave the field trip. And Alice, one of his sisters, invites her to get on the bus with them. And Edward says, we're all full here. And I thought, first of all, Alice, you don't get to make decisions on what, what bus students go on. And Edward, you don't get to make decisions on what bus people go on. And you have to, everybody knows who's ever been on a field trip, you go home on the same damn bus that you came on. How dare you? No, we're not switching this up and making nope. teachers' jobs harder. You know, everybody's teacher, everybody's had the teacher who flipped their shit when they realized that somebody decided to jump on one of the other buses. So that all happened. Um, and then we're at the beach. Everybody's going to have their, I guess, I don't know. It's not sunny. It's just like these kids at like the bleak. It is, like, I will say, so beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous. But it was yeah. just like, okay. So they're all at the beach. We get our <laughs> we get our second time, I believe, seeing Jacob at this mm-hmm. point. He's not in this movie a lot. He pops up at the no, beach. He's um, in other movies a lot, though. Yeah, I, I had a feeling. He mm-hmm. pops up at the beach. She says, what are you doing? Bella says, what are you doing? Stalking me? And I thought, we've literally seen him one time before this girl. Calm down. Also, this is when we ask somebody if they're stalking you, not when Edward's <laughs> popping up every two seconds while you're like buying chewing gum at the at the convenience store and you look up and he's the clerk behind the counter and then you go it's outside like, and he's pumping the gas and he's like well you gotta leave me alone jumping in front of cars and shit and you're like you've literally made yourself an integral part of my life sir <laughs> I need space so then we get a moment where he sort of takes her and tells her sort of the story of like the wolf people and the, the cold ones and you know we find out about this beef that's been you know cooking for a long time between Jake, those people, Edward's people, you know, it's East Coast, mm-hmm. West Coast. Yeah, and it so, is basically Biggie and Tupac, but like with uh, mythical creatures. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then um, she's chased down by a group of local hoodlums. They, I guess, are planning on raping her, gang raping her? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. This is so confusing because we really don't know what's going on here. We, we don't, don't know what's going on. We saw these guys earlier when she was in the dress shop walk by and sort of wave. And now they're full on prepared for like a life altering assault. <laughs> and like, don't get me wrong. This shit happens. Sure. But the fact of the matter is that like this feels like a bit of a heavy turn for this teen movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Um, four men circling her and they're all just saying nondescript predatory phrases like you want this? Come here girl. You know you thought about it. 
<laughs> you got it right home. Let me borrow $2. Um, so it's a lot of that. Edward pops up to shave to save the day, of course. I was actually surprised that Edward didn't. He didn't kill. He doesn't kill anybody. He just sort of like. He like tells Bella to get in the car and then he like <laughs> walks out in front of the car and just like gives them a look and they like go away it's they, like, so weird and it's like why are why are they terrified of this like weird pale white skinny kid i just like i didn't understand how that was supposed to be so terrifying and then when they get in the car and they're leaving the scene and he's trying to calm down because she was almost raped and Bella's in the car and he says to her, you don't know the terrible things that they were thinking about. And she flippantly responds, and you do? And it's like, girl, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you think? What would be possible? What were the possibilities? She says it like, no, I don't know, but you don't either. It's like, yeah, you're mad like, at him for interrupting? Like, it was, the thing is, Bella, the only thing you need to know is that it wasn't going your way. And yeah. like, whatever they were thinking doesn't really matter. <laughs> nothing good, nothing cute, nothing fun was going to happen. Exactly. Like, or disgusting men c- circling around you. You know, like, like be, be, you know like, you want this. Come on, stop squirming. <laughs> like, that was the vibe. That was just the vibe. I'm just great. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a moment where Becca goes inside. Her father is a cop. He's there. It's a, they're at the police station. Um, Did you just call she, her Becca? Bella, sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Bella goes inside. It's because I wrote Becca in my notes. My bad. <laughs> Um, Bella goes inside and has another weird will they won't they moment with her dad. She's like caressing him and like it's oh it's my a god, I did not clock any of this. And it's another one of those moments where you're like, are they the fuck? <laughs> um, so that happens. It's weird. She's being tender with him, I guess, because he's had a rough day, but it's a slippery slope. So that all happens. And I wrote down weird, strange vibes continue with the dad. Um, Shortly after this, Bella ends up finding out a lot of stuff. She confronts Edward in the woods. We get the moment where he sort of reveals to her what it's like. You know, she she basically says, I know you're a vampire. Well, she says, I know, I know what you are. And he says, say it out loud. <laughs> Those are like like the classic line. I think it was probably in the like trailer or whatever, but like the classic line from that movie. It's it's a great it's great writing. Um, <laughs> and then he takes her to the sunlight. He takes her to the sunlight and he shows her. He opens his his shirt up and he shows her the full pale fantasy covered in gold dust of some sort or like diamond dust. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he he glitters. He shimmers in the in the light from the sun. Mm-hmm. She says, "You're beautiful," and he says, "No, I'm not." Uh, it's the mark of a killer, Bella. <laughs> so it's very that. So emotional. And yeah. like, that's where he tells her that he's like, that she's his own personal brand of heroin. Thank you, Jane. That was one of the quotes, of course, I had to have written down. Um, that all happens. He talks more about it. He doesn't know if he control himself around her. Um, and she's like, you can. And I'm like, how do you fucking know, girl? You don't know this, dude. <laughs> um, so... Another really delicious quote that I wrote down. Edward says, So a lion fell in love with a lamb. And then Becca says, What a stupid lamb. And then Edward says, What a sick masochistic lion. And I wrote that down because I thought that was real stupid. Okay. First of all, you keep calling her Becca. 
Oh, damn it. Did I say Becca again? I'm so sorry. It's like bringing me so much joy. My apologies. No, I know, but it's like really akin to Becky. And so I just feel like it's perfect. Like Bella with the good blood? Yes. Bella with the good blood. It's perfect. And then also, I, I read some trivia about the movie. That is one of the most famous like exchanges from the book. And the, the author like fought to have it in the screenplay. Of course she did. I'm worried about the wrong thing. She didn't say nothing about those messy-ass wigs, though. She's too busy trying to get this shitty dialogue in. Should have been worried about some other stuff going on on set, though. There are so many things to fight for. This is where you decide to push movie. it. It's so funny. I'm glad you caught that because it is like literally have you ever had a conversation that, akin to anything like that yeah no i have yeah i'm sure <laughs> well i wrote down also in the notes i wrote down like did they fall in love and did i miss it <laughs> i feel like i feel like maybe we have enough to like start dating or get to know each other or figure you know like but it's like yeah all in and it's like <laughs> i could kill you and she's like please do that's like her particular kink she's into it yeah he's like i could end your life she's like don't talk about it be about it (laughs) um so all of that happens um we um we end up taking a trip not too long after this to edward's home um they live in this really beautiful palace um this house is all glass um it's so it's a gorgeous it's a gorgeous home and i thought at first i thought oh there's so much glass for vampires but i thought oh nothing bad happens to them but the sunlight they just turn like diamond they just glitter yeah they just <laughs> glitter which is so fucking gay and I thought like if that's all that happens then I guess it doesn't matter if you're all glistening in the house together so um that happened she meets his family um everybody's pretending to know how to cook uh, in the kitchen for the first time because you know they normally just eat animals raw I have something to say about that okay so you know how like they have that huge art piece with all the graduation caps? Yeah, 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 yeah. They matriculated, yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, we matriculate a lot. <laughs> Which I'm like, ugh, stop talking like that, but whatever. <laughs> so the fact that these vampires have hundreds of years of life experiences and they choose to go to high school over and over and over again and interact and are friends with teenagers is like a serious red flag to me. Yeah. Like, first of all, (laughs) you could put a gun to my mouth and tell me I had to go back to high school and I would tell you to pull the trigger. Yeah. And second of all, you may be in the body of a quote unquote 18 year old, although you're not, you all look oh, older. You're all like in your 20s. You could all yeah. pass for like, tw- you know, 22. For the age that the actors are? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, why are you going back to high school again? Like, get a like, or they don't even, and apparently they're very wealthy, so like nobody needs to have jobs. Which so Dave like, pointed out also. Dave pointed out, which I hadn't thought about, but he said he said vampires are always rich because they've had nothing but time to amass wealth because they're hundreds and hundreds of years old. And I thought, yeah. And he, you know, and I was like, that's a good point. And then he said, you never see a poor vampire. And I was like, you don't. Because they've that's got a like, really, really good point. All you, you, I mean, like, all you would really have to do is just like outlive everyone around you and like as people die, just amass their wealth. And if if you're smart about mm-hmm. it find like people that don't have a lot of family connections and stuff and yeah just like <laughs> and just get signed into that 
that way, well. You know? Well, yeah. Right? Well, so also just can... like drink someone's blood and then rob them too. Yeah, or assume their life. Also, you know? like if you think about it, like they don't have to spend money on things like food and I, they don't go into this in the movies, but like they don't have to like shower or like use like, you know, deodorant or like any sort of like human products. Yeah. No, they have to worry about any of that stuff. I mean, they may have to worry about deodorant and showering i mean they may do they not get smelly no they don't they like talk about how like in the <laughs> again this is like a book thing but like vampires don't wait need did to, you, like, jane did you read the books as well as watch the movies <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> yes okay i'm not always reading you know chaucer sometimes i have to slum it a little bit <laughs> Okay, I read a lot of trash. Every time I call Jane, she is cracking open Canterbury Tales (laughs) or Beowulf. She went as the wife of Bath last Halloween, everybody. (laughs) She's a literature girl. So, you know, deal with it. I do read a lot of trash, but that's okay. No, Jane reads a lot of everything. She's I do. Person. I read a lot of everything, and that includes trash. <laughs> no, um, it's fine. I'm happy. I'm happy you read it because you've got the tea. Some of the stuff wasn't in the movie, so I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, also, it's like some of the stuff needs to be inserted in the movie for people understand. Like, you didn't understand the eye things. I don't. I mean, I don't think this is important, particularly for this movie. But yeah, vampires don't have to shower or like brush their teeth i don't think i don't know so all of this happens and then i'm gonna jump forward to the to the next really great thing that happens in this movie edward and bella continue to fall in love one of the next really great moments for me this is a jump but i mean it's the baseball game okay bella's going to play baseball with edward's family because that's what you do as vampires just play this is so funny i wrote the idea of a baseball game is so hilarious like my family family like never together like play baseball with each other Whose maybe does i don't know anybody then maybe there's some wholesome families that like i just don't know who like did this but also I this is not a normal family i also have never played a sport with my family ever in my entire <laughs> life like that's not really a thing i wonder what happened if i like went home and i was like mom let's go play soccer like, get out she i actually the- legit want to record i want to do that the next time i go home to visit my mother i want to record me asking like ask, secretly record me asking my mom like coming in with a soccer ball and being like mom can we go in the backyard and play soccer and just see what she says well it's gonna please, be no it's just please no. do but please do and we and commit to playing it on this podcast because i think we all deserve to hear what happens i will i mean spoiler alert it's gonna be she won't do it it's just it's just how she's going to say i know it's but really what I, we're all here for it's gonna but be Oh, God. So if funny. She says yes. I'm screwed. Anyway, um, um, so they're playing baseball. Edward plops a baseball cap, an old timey baseball cap, on Bella's head for no reason. But he's just <laughs> nope. like, because it's like, part of the look. It's part of the fantasy. And then um, we we also I wrote down that mom's wig with the baseball cap is insane. The mother's oh God, wig I didn't even that she's that. wearing, she's wearing this wig that sits atop her head. First of all, put, put some respect on, on her name. Which is Esme. Esme. Esme, the, the beautiful, young, sexy mother who's married to Carlisle Golan. Um, she has a baseball cap atop her wig. When people put caps on with wigs, sometimes it's the funniest thing in the world. Because it's not they a good look wig, like... 
No. If it's not a good wig. If it's a good wig, you it, it's whatever. But if it's, it's fine, a bad you don't wig, it. it's plopped on top of the head and then the <laughs> hat on top of it. Also, you don't have any actual contact with like the hat with your head. So the hats do all sorts of loosey-goosey shit on top of your head and you don't know what's happening. It's really just like a It's shift. a loose cannon. You don't know. It is. And it's it makes choice. it makes your head look like six inches taller than it really is. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's it's nonsense. Yeah. Um, so they play this game. It's a really intense game because they're vampires, so they can hit the ball really far and, you know, and go get it and bring it back. So that's cool, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Um, I wrote down Baseball Game Interrupted because we've got three <laughs> vampires. There's vampires that kill the construction worker and then kill that boatman earlier that mm-hmm. they tried to tell the community. You know, they fake newsed it. They said it was an animal. And these three men are now at the baseball game and they show off and there's an energy, like a tension between them. Mm-hmm. Edward instructs Bella to to pull her hair down. And Dave and I were having a debate over why she had to pull her hair down. I My theory was that she had to pull her hair down because it would help to, like, mask the her scent. Logistically, this makes no fucking sense. And I've been looking for a platform to talk about this, which is why we started our own podcast. Of so course. Yeah, I know. For that conversation. <laughs> so the scent is all fucking over her, which includes her hair. So it doesn't really matter if she puts her hair over her face because the scent is still going to waft either way. And actually, I think it would be wiser to put her hair back in a ponytail so that if the wind blows, it doesn't pick up her hair and bring the scent further, which is a spoiler alert, what the fuck happens? And then they realize she is human. So can you please tell me what the debate you and Dave were having? I thought the hair was down to cover. I thought actually the hair was down to cover up her neck. As I thought maybe her neck was a vulnerable uh, area for the vampires. And I thought maybe, I don't know why, like some hair would stop a vampire from, but I thought maybe it would mask it. So it was clear to me the second time. Yes, people, I watched the movie twice. Um, the second <laughs> he did his time, job. I'm studious. I noticed the gust. And when the gust happens, as the three vampires are about to leave, and it seems like the coast is clear, and then they get that whiff, I was like, oh, it doesn't really matter what you do. Her hair could have been up or down. Once that gust mm-hmm. of wind passes through, it's going to instantly, that, that scent is instantly going to go into the, the air, and then they're going to smell it anyway. So, but I also think, like, logistically, that is fucking stupid, because he... No, I agree. Aside from whether she puts her hair in front of her face or puts it in back back in a ponytail, like I don't think that he, I think he would have smelled her instantly. Like yeah. I think that's like a plot hole because I think he no, would have known instantly, especially if he's a quote unquote tracker, which they only refer to him as the tracker after they establish yeah. he's a tracker, which I think is so weird. But he would have been able to smell a human from a mile away. He can smell her and like follow her to her fucking house. You know what I mean? So like you're 100% right, Jane. He was like a few feet from her. Like why couldn't he smell her until the gust of wind came? I just didn't buy that. No, it was silly as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Along so, with uh, the rest of this damn movie. <laughs> so they smell her and then it's instantly like clear that the family, the Collins, they have to get Bella out of here. And then there's this sequence of events where she goes to the house. She's She pretends to have just gotten into a fight with Edward and she's like, I'm out of here. I'm going, I'm, I'm out of town. I'm leaving. Her dad just, babe, her dad says, well, wait until morning. It's like her dad's not like, no, I want you to stay or like, let's figure this out or we've just been reunited after all of this estrangement. Like, I want to, I want to work on us. We're fuck whatever happened with Edward like I'm your dad I love you right her dad's only response is wait until morning when the sun's out 
<laughs> and then I'll take the you out. home. <laughs> then you can exactly. He's see yourself this. on out the door. The thing yeah. is, is, like, I don't understand why they put on this ruse to, like, pretend that it's she's, like, in a fight. Like, I know that, like, she's just trying to get out of the house. Like, that's her main mission. And she wants the dad to know that she or give her permission or whatever but like it seems like she wasn't gonna listen to him anyway so like why do you and then like she leaves and she like feels really bad because she says the thing that her mom said to her dad when he was leaving which is like i don't want to get stuck in this town or whatever and yeah she, like, her mom who's got like a shittier life than ever now like, <laughs> well played girl with your like life on the road with your like minor league baseball husband who's like struggling to get a team (laughs) i mean that's a whole other podcast but i think that like she says that to like hurt her dad so he won't go after her or whatever and i'm like first of all the cruelty there is unfucking matched i don't think it's necessary at all to be that horrible and then like how do you know what your mother said to your father upon her leaving him like why do you have that information who's giving that to you i just feel like again bad parenting by mom being like here's the tea girl what happened between me and your father every goddamn detail here's what i told him to break his heart so you can use this again later in life you're gonna have to manipulate him at one point or another too especially if you so weird going through with whatever's been brewing between you so all that happens so she goes to phoenix she ends up going to the ballet studio that she went to as a child because he calls her disguising his voice as her mother's voice to make her think that <laughs> he doesn't just dis- <laughs> he doesn't disguise his voice as her mother's voice <laughs> oh i thought that's what he did he thought he was like throwing his voice yeah <laughs> no <laughs> he like he like went to her mother's house and like found an old tape of like a VHS tape of like Bella when she was a kid. Oh, that's and where her- he got the audio from. Was from the <laughs> yeah. tape. Oh, I didn't put it together. <laughs> I guess like it's not that unbelievable because no. so many ridiculous things happen in this movie. But <laughs> that was what I thought happened. Though I thought he like could. I thought he could mimic voices, and I was like, all right, whatever, I'll accept it. Thanks for everything else that's happening. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like, this world is totally impossible anyways. Why not this? (laughs) Yeah. And so, anyway, he gets her, he tricks her to get her to the studio. She realizes her mother's not there. There's a VHS tape playing of her as a kid. And then there's this tussle between them. Um, He bites her. So now she's on the ground. Edward shows up. uh, And then the other vampire crew shows up. Alice legit like rips James's head off. The vampire, like, <laughs> they fuck she, him up. Yeah, they rip his head off and they destroy him and throw him in the fire. Um, and then Edward has to suck the venom out of Bella's arm. Uh, his father's there instructing him, and his father says to him earlier in the movie. Edward says, you know, that his father turned, you know, Carlisle turned him into a vampire in, I believe, 1918 after he got the Spanish flu and was about to die. And he wow. says, like, that you know, the mastery of like turning somebody into um, a vampire is that I think you can't you have to only suck a certain amount of blood out of them oh no you have to stop yourself so that you, you don't kill yourself. them so you don't yeah. kill them and that's the tricky mm-hmm. thing because some people some vampires don't have control so mm-hmm. they can't stop themselves and so Bella's in a situation where it reminds me this is like sex life everybody <laughs> well not mine but like this is actually like trigger warning fucked up 
and this is why like I get like abuse and like rape themes from this franchise and like controlling and fucked up power dynamics but like when people who are trying to I guess rapists are like oh I can't stop once I've already started mm-hmm. you know and like it reminded me of like that same justification or whatever and I was just like this is so fucked up we can take that out of that's too heavy but no it's fine everybody likes to hear about your personal life so <laughs> no it's a horrible sexual no, assault no you're absolutely right that's that's really despicable and i get that makes sense too i mean it's this idea of like men who like can't be held accountable for their actions like right and, and just the- taking so wanting a woman so much and taking everything from her to the point where it kills her really severely hurts her because they can't stop themselves yeah no it's true and it's like but you know the glory of, of edward is that he's able there's a moment where you don't know if he's going to be able to stop himself um and his father also doesn't physically restrain him he just says stop Stop. (laughs) and i thought why don't you fucking pull him off of her punch him in the fucking face but maybe that is what happened after the camera stopped you know rolling maybe he hit him in the head with a fucking bat or something he's like enough damn it the next moment then we have is becca damn it Uh, sorry i was trying i was so hard thinking i was like no damn it um, I could tell that was a is, real struggle for you. It was hard. Is Bella waking up in a hospital bed? Her mother's there, and her mother um, relays to her an insane series of events. She says, "No, baby girl. What happened was you fell down the stairs, and then you flew through a plate glass window, and that's how you ended up here. That is the most nonsensical thing." That I've ever fucking heard. Think about how violently you would have to be propelled down a flight of stairs to like think about every time, every movie or any instance you've ever seen somebody fall down a flight of stairs. Usually the momentum is sort of dissipating the intensity as you know, as you're moving down the stairs, typically, and the person sort of just flops onto the landing. Not Bella. Bella flew down the stairs with such fury and might that she then was propelled when she hit that bottom step through the plate glass. <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, you'd be okay. dead. It's so ridiculous. It's That's so, so ridiculous. Much violence on one person's body, also. Exactly. The thing is, is that, like, had they just said she fell down a couple of flights of stairs and hurt herself, that makes a lot more sense than saying she flung herself through a, a glass window. It's psychotic. It's and it's insane. And it does not explain the bite marks on her wrist, which I'm sure were discussed with her mother because Bella is a minor. So they're going to go over her injuries with her fucking mother. I just like, why doesn't the family have more questions? The cover story is so suspect. My mother would have a thousand questions and probably never let me see the Cullen family again. Also, your dad is a cop and he's not questioning this. They Such probably, a good point. But you know, they've been using animals as their cover the whole movie. They probably were like, <laughs> we did see some raccoons around her. <laughs> just having a little gnaw on that wrist. There was a ra- raccoon noshing and we, we pulled her away in time. Um, so all this happens. Kirsten, um, and this she delivers, um... Excuse me? Kristen Stewart? <laughs> Kristen. Did you call Kirsten? God, I thought it was, I thought it was Kirsten. <laughs> Kristen. Um, Kristen. Kristen um, delivers some of her juiciest bad acting in this scene where um, Edward tells her that he thinks that she should go away. And she says, 
What? No, no, wait, what? No. <laughs> no, wait, no, 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 Edward. And it's delicious. And it's, it's so uh, good. Unmotivated. Why would you? I, I can't believe it. No, you, I, you can't just, you can't leave me. I, I, you. Take it back. Say it again. No. Uh, what red light green light um, i want to i want to know what words were written in the script yeah. <laughs> and like <laughs> what liberties were taken i think, we're throwing, I think taken. we're throwing things terms like script around um pretty loosely um probably probably the book of suggested words is what they called it i know you are not a fan of kristen stewart but I actually think she is a very good actor and is in a lot of really good movies. And this is like, you know, she was young, first of all, but her and Robert Pattinson were not given like the best source material to work with. So I don't want to slander her because I actually do really like her. Okay. So this whole scene happens and then um, we have her basically making her declaration to him like, I'm in love with you. I want to be with you. I I don't want to go away. And I think it's just it feels like so manipulative anyway, because it's like you knew she was going to fucking say that. Like, what was this weird fucking mind game you were playing with her? She just came out of like a fucking coma and she wakes up and you're like, I'm going to leave and never see you again. And then she's like, like, you're waiting on her to say all the shit she's already said to you a million times. So now she's like, no, please, I love you. And then he's just getting hard probably like <laughs> can vampires yeah. get erections i mean i don't know you tell me i haven't read any of the books but I'm <laughs> oh wait no they definitely no no you know what they definitely do have sex later so yeah i guess he can get it get oh, it up spoiler <laughs> spoiler um, alert so all that happens and then there's we're at prom now apparently so time-wise i guess she got out of the hospital even though she fell down a flight of stairs and flew through a glass window she's <laughs> sadder but wiser girl and she's ready for prom and She's got a boot on her leg, an ugly ass dress on, and a okay. cardigan. I want to talk about this dress because I was, again, when I first saw it, again, because I haven't watched the movie in years, I was like, oh, God, what did they put her in? And then I was looking at um, the, tri- like, looking up Twilight Trivia, and they were like, amazingly, Kristen Stewart's dress for the prom only cost $20. And I was like, that tracks <laughs> because yeah, it looks mad. it looks like it was like found on the floor of like a rainbow store and they were like yeah we can use this this will do yeah <laughs> like they were over at dress barn and they like they're like we got fifty dollars and we gotta make this work make it work designers I feel like and, Gunn- and part of her wardrobe budget was the cast for her broken foot. oh yeah and you know Tim Gunn would have walked in and been like. Kristen, I'm worried. <laughs> um, so anyway, that was my horrible Tim Gunn impression. So I, that was great. Thank you. So Jacob shows up. This is our last time seeing Jacob in the movie. <laughs> he doesn't give an explanation. He just says, like, my dad doesn't want you, like, dating your boyfriend anymore. Yeah, my dad thinks you should break up with your boyfriend. It's like, okay, is your dad in love with me too? But <laughs> like, also, like... Why does everybody in Forks want to fuck me? <laughs> well, also, if that if her dad, if his dad, Billy, had, like, shown up and been like, hey, um, Bella, can I speak with you? And, like, had a heartfelt conversation with her, that'd be one thing. But it's like, <laughs> this is two or three people removed, and it's all just, like, t- it's a game a telephone at this point um and she's just like okay cool which i was like yeah that's a perfect reaction like i'm not gonna engage you this fucking nonsense before yeah i'll talk to you later like you're about to walk into prom and he's like my dad doesn't think you should date that guy anymore it's like i don't think your dad should have weird like man 
slap ass matches with my dad in the streets. But um, <laughs> while we're wishing for wishes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is this is there a well somewhere I didn't know about? So all that happens, and then we have our prom, and uh, Bella begs Edward to turn her into a vampire so they can be together forever, and he's basically like, "I'm not doing that." And like, you know, what the fuck? Like, why? Why can't we just grow together? Why do you? Why do you have to turn into a vampire? I don't want to turn you into a monster and all this stuff. And um, also early in the movie, I neglected to mention this. When Edward was bite, when Edward's sucking the venom out of Bella's arm, I believe it was her arm. And he's going in. It was her wrist, in, yeah. It her wrist. There's a song that plays. And I wrote down, this is maybe the worst song I've ever heard. And then I shazammed it out of curiosity the second time I watched it. And it was Robert Pattinson. <gasps> no! Was it really? It's his voice. Oh, it's, no! It's an original Robert Pattinson song. And I was... <laughs> I didn't Stop. know he dabbled in music. Apparently. And then when I looked at IMDb, after I found that out, they mentioned that apparently somebody knew he he heard some of his originals and like re- he reluctantly included them in the movie. And oh my it, God. it is it's not great. To I got to go back um, and listen to that. <laughs> if you guys like it, that's cool. I'm not I'm not coming for you. You know, um, a, a new it's term gonna I be- heard recently. I'm not yucking your yum. That was a term that I heard recently and I really liked it. Oh, where did you hear that? It was some, it was, I don't remember, Dave knows. We, I asked, I asked that because I heard it somewhere and I can't did you? remember where I it was heard like a, it. It was, it was, I don't remember. It, was it must be like something a, where, it must be something we're co-watching because I. Maybe, I feel like it, I don't know what, what it was, Dave knows, Dave it, may know what it is. I've never heard it sight? before, but he'd heard it before. It wasn't Married at First Sight, no. But it was something on television that Dave and I were watching and somebody said that and I thought, oh, I like that. Um, so yeah, that's how I feel. Um, and, I actually uh, really don't like it. <laughs> oh, do you not? Well, that's cool, Jane. I'm not yucking your yum, girl. Um, oh, I guess you're yucking my yum. As a child. I guess this Checks is me yucking you. your yum. Oh, I hate it. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was the movie. It was an adventure. It was a roller coaster. So now that we've gone through the movie, my final question would be, <laughs> what'd you think? No. <laughs> Just no. You don't have anything else. No, it was fine. It was. It was fine. It was. Uh, it was what it was. It was an ugly film. It was like just cinema. Just from a cinematography standpoint, it was just ugly. It was like the colors were just so like. Wow, I have a fully different experience. But you know with what that. I mean, though. Like, to- like tonally, it was like so like everything was so gray. I didn't like it. I actually thought that the outside shots of like all the like Pacific Northwest and like the forest and the greenery, I thought all of that course, stuff was strange. Really Really yeah. beautiful. Of course it is. We get that anywhere though. No, we don't. Shots I'm not of, saying like, the beautiful like outdoors of like nature in the Pacific. No, it's gorgeous. I agree with you. Like the pro- like so the that prom in- setting, like the outdoors when they were doing yeah. coming to prom is like oh no, I was like God, it's breathtaking. Like no, yeah, that's beautiful. But I just mean from a cinematography standpoint, the coloring <laughs> that- of the entire film to me like that weird okay. bluish like. There was a filter on there that you didn't enjoy. Is what you're saying? Yes, like a filter. Yeah, okay. like that. Like the coloring. I just it it's okay. didn't, it wasn't something that I enjoyed. But yeah. It was a, I mean, it was a fun story, and it's probably in a way a means to an end. You know, you gotta see it from one to two to three to four. I don't know how many there. I think there's four of them, yeah, but okay. um, I nailed it. Okay. And I think there's a different director for each movie. So, oh. and also the thing about these movies is that like this 
<laughs> is the most grounded of all of them. They just get more and more ridiculous. Oh. And in that sense, like the, I think, I can't remember which one. They're so funny. To me, they become funnier and funnier and funnier. I won't make you watch any more of them, but we'll I will say. you or something. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm actually, I'm not going to promise anything going forward. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, do you want to then reveal to me yeah. your choice for next week? I thought about it because I wanted it to be fun. I wanted it to mm-hmm. be a movie that I love, that I've seen multiple times, mm-hmm. um, that I have a blast watching, and that mm-hmm. I think you'll enjoy. And you are going to be watching none other than Troll 2. <laughs> I've heard of this movie. I've heard that it's very bad, but yeah, like some good. Some people may feel that way. I think of it as a cinematic opus. Um, I think <laughs> of it as a movie for its time. Hmm. Um, mm. And I think it really sort of touches on like the pulse of, of civilization at the time that it was made. Um, <laughs> it's envelope pushing, it's genre bending. Isn't Jennifer um, Aniston in it? Mm, are you thinking about Leprechaun? Oh, maybe think about Leprechaun. Okay, well, I don't know anything about Troll 2. <laughs> I have no first impressions because I literally don't know what this movie is, but I've heard of it. It's gonna be Will I be able to stuff. grasp what's going on if I haven't seen Troll 1? It's possible that there are going to be some points where you find yourself lost and confused <laughs> and maybe nauseous. But I think that you'll be able to glean from the well-crafted script and mm-hmm. the capable actors, where we are, what this world is. Spoiler alert, wait. it's not Inception. But, um, <laughs> but it's got some... It's got some dense it's got some, dialogue. It's, and got, it's got some, some weight to capable it. Capable actors. Well, I can't wait. I'm very excited. And I hope you enjoy, Mama. I will. Well, thank you, everyone. If you are still listening, we appreciate you. And we will see you next week for Troll 2, baby. Hey. <laughs> Bye. Bye.